Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and this is Beyond Synth, episode 181. How is everybody doing today? So today we got Master Boot Record. Now I should stress this, as we learn in the show, because we talk a lot about old computer stuff, because obviously he gets a lot of his ideas for the track titles and stuff from old computer lingo and DOS prompts and all this stuff. So... I am aware that I call him Master Boot Record throughout this whole thing, and to be honest with you, I'm probably always going to say that, but theoretically, not theoretically, for real, (laughs) his name comes from the Master Boot Record, right? Because that's the, the premise of the name. So even though I say Master Boot Record, I think it is actually supposed to be Master Boot Record. Now, he says that, but he's from Italy, and so I thought it was his accent. But no, he was saying it correct the whole time, and I wasn't picking up on it. To be honest with you, and I don't want to come across as being, like, stubborn, but I think Master Boot Record sounds cooler because it's a music project, right? So it sort of fuses the world of music and computers and things. Uh, Anyway, that's my two cents on that. And we're also going to catch up with Computer Magic. I haven't talked to her in a while. Actually, we recorded this a few months ago, so it's... I don't think it's out of date, but you will hear us talk about things that happened last week, in quotes, and uh, (laughs) if you go on her Instagram feed, you'll see that those things probably happened like three months ago. So, uh, anyways, look, let's get the show started and listen to some music. So first up, uh, I had to play this because it's very good. This is Jesse Fry. I played a track... A few weeks ago, or was it months? The one that she collaborated with Time Cop 1983. That was a cool song. That's how I found out about her. And uh, she's got some fun tracks. And this is a new one. And so this is her just under Jesse Fry. But I think she's going with the the synthwave sound, which is always uh, awesome. And this uh, song is very good. And it is, uh, is brought to you by Chris Dance, the king of the Pattersons. So here is Jesse Fry with Fantasy.
And that was Fantasy by Jesse Fry. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Jose Arbello with the 6659. And Christian Alexander. Thank you for supporting Beyond Synth. So I thought I would, uh, we are going to catch up with Computer Magic in just a second. I thought I would read some letters. So people have sent me some nice letters and I always forget to read them. I mean, I've read them myself. <laughs> I'm going to read them out loud to you to affirm that people actually like this show. This is a message from Felix. It says, Hey Andy, I really love your show and listen to it every day on my way to work since I discovered your show a few months ago. My favorite artist is Trevor Something, who apparently, as far as I know, did not appear in any form on your show or even the database yet. Does that have a special reason? I'm just curious. Best wishes from Germany, and then in brackets, Hamburg. And keep up your very special work, Felix. Well, thank you, Felix. Uh, it's always fun hearing from uh, from people from all over the globe, and it's also fun when they are from Hamburg because I love hamburgers. And Trevor something is an elusive fellow. I know a lot of you out there like him. I do get messages from time to time when people say, from time to time. <laughs> I get a lot of messages from time to time, and uh, they go like, Hey, you have Trevor something on the show. I think I've messaged him. If you listen to the show, you'll know, I think a few weeks ago, I was talking to Valingo about this very thing and how I don't really like pestering artists. And so I send one message, and then if I don't hear back from them, I maybe try again in like a year, and Trevor something is an elusive dude, and we'll leave it at that. And here is a letter from, who's this? This is Milad. He says, I'm Milad. I'm a big fan of you from Iran. I love you, your program, and your friend Marco. I wish the best for you in your life and career. Your program, Beyond Synth, is one of the best in its kind. Actually, it's the best. 
That is because of you and your hard working and dedication. Thank you so much for opening the window to the future music. Kind regards. See, look at this, man. We got listeners from all over the world. Isn't that cool? Iran. How many of you have listeners in Iran, huh? Idiots. <laughs> all right, look. Let's listen to another track, and, th- and thank you for the kind words, by the way. If ever you have the need, and this goes to everybody out there, to send me a nice message, I welcome you to do so. They make me feel good for about two seconds. Then when I read a negative one, it all goes down the drain. Now look, we're going to listen to a song here from Dan Mason from the album Void. Now this is cool. I like this one, and I think this is technically considered... Would this be Vaporwave? I'm pretty certain it's original music, but he's pitching his voice down to give it sort of a Vaporwave kind of feel. Because you know how I feel about Vaporwave. I'm not too keen on it. However, this guy, Dan Mason, um, I actually do like. And we are going to listen to this track, which, of course, is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Mr. Jacob Wick with the 4488. How's it going, Jacob Wick? I hope you're having a fantastic day. And, of course, City Hunter. He's out there hunting cities and listening to Beyond Synth. So here is a track from Dan Mason. This is Heartache.
And that was Heartache by Dan Mason from the album Void. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Lucas Ceballos with the 2666 and in the $25 club, Mr. Clint Dowling and Tim Carlton. I hope you all are having a lovely day. It's very cold. Clint Dowling lives in the same city as me and it is... It's actually so cold, I have a space heater next to me, and my fingers are too cold to type. It's actually been really hard to edit this week because of how cold it is. I'm not even kidding. That's ridiculous. So how about this? Let's go catch up with Computer Magic. So if you remember the season finale, I did get rid of the segments, but that doesn't mean I'm still not going to catch up with people who I enjoy talking to, and I always have fun chatting with Dan's. So we're just not going to play a jingle anymore, and every so often I'll just say, hey, come on the show, and, and, uh, and I enjoy it when she does. So here is... Is me catching up with computer magic. All right, well, I'm here with Dan's computer magic. <laughs> Hi. Hey, 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 how's it going? It's going all right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just had some sushi. I'll just like sit at the sushi bar by myself and I do bring my Switch along with me. But I saw the other day, again, you were doing a thing that I didn't understand. Sometimes like when I look at your Instagram, it'll be like, hey, I'm, I'm with this dude or whatever. Because I was like, well, this one seems to have got like a lot of attention. And then it was like some super famous guy. But in like in Japan or something. Was that correct? Oh, yeah. Last week I met up with my friend Yohai that's in this band called Alexandros. And they're like huge in Japan. They were in town to play a show and we got lunch together. We posted a picture together on like Twitter and Instagram. And he posted a picture from uh, the Alexandros Instagram and it just blew up. It's crazy. And they have like tons of like young, you know, young Japanese girls following them. They're like a, not a boy band, but you know, they're like a big rock and roll band in Japan. And so like, because of their post with me in it, I just received all of these like Japanese girls following me like overnight. I woke up to like a few hundred followers from their Instagram (laughs) account. (laughs) It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> it's moments like that that make me feel like an old man. You know, when I just see this thing, it's like, wow, I have no idea what this is at all. But then, like, I clicked on the Instagram account. I'm like, whoa, so these are famous people somewhere. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is another issue of me being a old, out-of-touch guy. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But I think we're going to eventually, like, maybe collaborate on a song or something, which would be pretty big for me to do, especially for, like, a Japanese audience. <laughs> I guess they had a big turnout in New York, but I don't think they're as big over here, obviously. They're bigger in Japan. But yeah, that was fun. That was a fun thing. All right. Well, that's all. I just wanted clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, look, how are you? Are you good? I'm good. I'm hanging. Hanging out. (laughs) Cool. Well, you know, even though we... uh, we got rid of the segment. We're probably still going to end up talking about games, so we might as well... What were the games we talked about last time? The last one I talked to you about was Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and then Celeste. And then I've been also playing uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4. And by the way, I should say that I took some flack, and I don't think you received any of it, which is nice. Because we um, we conflated Xenogears with the Xenoblade Chronicles, mm. which was a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found out. I, I don't think anyone directed anything towards you, but I got some messages. Oh, no. They're like, uh, you know, Xenoblade and Xenogears is not the same thing. I'm like, nope, I didn't. <laughs> and I don't care. And fucking delete. 
and oh, I no. deleted that person. Oh, no. That's not true. That didn't happen. I love everyone who comments. <laughs> so tell me about Valkyrie. What is it? Is it Valkyrie Valkyrie Chronicles? How does it said? It's spelled this way because I had trouble I, actually because this other game Ease I thought was pronounced Wise because it's it's Y apostrophe S, but it's Ease actually. But it's spelled V A L K Y R I A. So I think it's Valkyria Chronicles. Okay, Valkyria like that. Yeah, but if you want to double check. Yeah, so we don't get yelled at. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get yelled at. I'm nervous. Now. I know when people fucking make these names where they think they're being clever because they take a word that's already cool. There's this game on PlayStation Network I saw, and it was called like Children of the Zodiacs. Like Zodiac, but arcs. <laughs> and I just hate the way that sounds. Zodiac. Like every time I read it, it's just like Zodiacs. <laughs> Zodiac sounds like some guy who doesn't know how to say the word Zodiac. You know, like if you met like some hillbilly, like, like what's your Zodiac? You know, like I think <laughs> they think they made up a cool word. But to my ear, it's like, that's not a cool word at all. Like that's a shitty word. <laughs> There's another game too called, it's Judge Except the U is a Y. Judge Except the U is a Y. Like the word judge, like a judge. So I look at that and I'm like, I'm like, is this game called Jige? Jige. Like, is that what this game is called? <laughs> like, because that's a shitty word too. Fucking Jige. Jige. I could be wrong. Like it might be still pronounced judge, but spelled with a Y. You're going to get Jige. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could I just laugh I'm just fucking wrong about everything okay so Valkyria Chronicles 4 mm-hmm. so let's see how fucking IGN pronounces it yeah there you go hold on they're making me watch an ad about fucking Hellman's mayonnaise Interesting. Do you have Hellman's mayonnaise in the States? I, we do, yeah. That's the big mayo here. Yeah, I was forced to watch an ad for him. Just now. <laughs> okay, let's listen to this idiot. Let's just see. Yeah, he says Valkyria. Okay, good. Oh, okay, good. So I wasn't wrong. I thought I might have been, but I don't know. Yeah, well, you did it right, man. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, uh, you want to listen to a song? Yeah, sure. Good. Well, we're going to listen to this uh, track by Eric C. Powell, brought to you by my uh, awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Johnny Five, Emilio Estevez, and Mr. Action Jackson. And this track by Mr. Eric C. Powell is called Need a Place... Featuring Andrea Powell. And uh, here it is.
right, and that was Need a Place, featuring Andrea Powell by Eric C. Powell. Lots and lots of Powells. And that's a cool track, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Mr. Chris Williams and Christian James. And we are back with Computer Magic. So tell me about Valkyria Chronicles 4, because we were just talking about that. Is this your first time playing a Valkyria Chronicles game? Yeah, first time playing. I got the demo on the Switch, and the demo was about like five hours into it, and then it ended, and I was like, oh, I really enjoy playing this game, and then I bought the game just on the online store. It's pretty fun. It's like a tactical strategy game. It's just like a, a lot to think about and strategize about. Basically, you have your group... You have to take out these enemies. In the beginning of the game, it's it seems really easy, but like right now I'm kind of stuck on this level because these enemies just keep coming out of uh, the woodwork, and I think I need to go uh, upgrade some of my weapons or something. I it's don't time to go to the walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's pretty fun, and you have like different characters that can do different things. Like I have a grenadier who shoots off grenades, and she's very like a cute anime girl that's like carrying around this like giant grenade, and you can set it up. And different characters have different what. Like you have a sniper that you can be. You have scouts that you can be. Your commanders, Claude and Raz. And like, for instance, in this level that I'm playing Claude. now, like, <laughs> I love when like, you know, like they have games where like everyone's got these like wild names, and then just eh, it's well, it's fucking laser blast and Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, Claude is like he seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, and Raz kind of just is crazy, and he's like, "All right, Claude, let's go, let's attack all these enemies." And Claude's like, "Wait, hold on a second, Raz, maybe we should think about this and not go and attack them right away." So Claude's a hothead. Uh, no, Raz is a hothead. So Raz is a hothead. Yeah, and Raz, actually, (laughs) this is funny because when I first started playing the game, like, I looked it up, and they were like, oh, you know, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is, like, sexist or something because Raz, like, pats, like, a girl on the ass during the game. Oh, you know what? Honestly, (laughs) and, like, I don't want this to get political. Send the game back. Just, just... Ask Nintendo for a refund because I, I I will not stand for CGI anime characters and video games behaving in that way. It's really weird. It's re- but it, it's just this one character. He's just kind of he's kind of an a hole. But everybody just kind of deals with them. We're like, oh, you know, that's Raz. That's just how well, he is. See, this is the problem, right? Because these people are reinforcing this this bad behavior. Raz needs to lose his job. All right? So make it so. I know. Start a petition. Well, the other characters kind of like laugh at him. I think they kind of portray that it's not okay to act that way, but I was kind (laughs) of like put off at first. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) But I was like, okay, this is interesting. But oh, oh, this is really funny too. And actually I posted a screenshot on Reddit because I thought it was pretty funny. So each of the different characters has a different set of attributes right and so there's like this character aladdin and one of the his attributes is he has a bald head is aladdin a name you can have you say attributes is that a way you can say that word because i've always said attributes i don't know maybe i'm just saying it weird maybe i have like an accent or something i don't know do you say huge or huge uh huge (laughs) i don't know (laughs) so you don't do the h 
Do you say herbs or herbs? 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 <laughs> herbs? I don't know. I don't know. But I have like a... I know that I inherently have like a New York accent. Mm. So I'll say water. But I, I don't know if that's like... I'm probably saying that kind of weird. Well, don't forget. I am Canadian. So I've got <laughs> I've got my own set of troubles. I have my own attributes. <laughs> words I pronounce funny. Okay. But anyway, so this guy, Aladdin <laughs> Ballard... Is a sniper. He's a sniper, okay? Aladdin Ballard? Yeah. And his, uh, you know what? His traits. How about I say that? Some of the traits that he has. So he has a shiny head. Is that considered a trait? His glinting head gives his position away, decreasing his evasion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like that. Now I want to like open up the game and like just tell you some funny things. Because they're all pretty funny. Like one of the characters like... Uh, for instance, he can't get close to this other g- girl character because when he gets close, his accuracy goes down because he gets nervous because he's close to her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. So you kind of have to pick your squad according to who can work well together and who can't. If one guy gets nervous when he works closely with this girl, then you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't put them on the same squad. But then there's also people that like work very well with like two other people so you want to put them all together because then um they can kind of do these attacks together so it's like a turn-based game is there scenarios where someone will have a negative thing if they're near a certain person for a specific action like he can't be a good sniper when he's near that lady but when he's near her he's good at slapping her on the bum (laughs) aladdin ballard i know (laughs) oh man i really want to wait uh yeah 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 i want to go Okay, I'm going to go grab my Switch. I'll be right back. I just want to read you some other ones because they're really funny. Okay, we'll be right back. (laughs) All right, look, while she's gone, let's... Maybe I should whisper. While she's gone, let's listen to another track. So, uh, what are we going to listen to here? All right, this was an artist I just had to play because their artist's name is hilarious. This is Your Sister is a Werewolf from the album Chad, C-H-A-D. And this is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Joey and Kendra. How's parenthood treating you guys? Babies are fun. And Frank Skinicki, how's lettuce treating you? Lettuce is fun. Anyways, here is this track. Here is this track. <laughs> All right, look, this is <laughs> this is the one by your sister is a werewolf.
And that was The One, a cool tune from Your Sister is a Werewolf. How can you not play a song by someone whose artist name is Your Sister is a Werewolf? And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Mr. Gregorio Franco and Mr. Mike Shima, hacking the web. Mike Shima is the kind of guy that like surfs on a surfboard through the web. You know what I'm talking about. Hackers the film and uh, you know if you want to uh, support the show like all these lovely people I keep mentioning uh, before and after the tracks uh, you can go to patreon.com slash beyond synth and you can uh, become a patron of the show if you don't like patreon for whatever reason if you go to beyondsynth.com, there's also a paypal option there you can do a one-time donation or you can actually do a subscription thing where it's uh, so many dollars a month or whatever just like patreon remember your support keeps the lights on because keeping the lights on is important. And also, I need to keep some heat on, too, because it is uh, fucking cold. Oh, and she's back. Okay, hopefully you can edit that uh, pause out. I don't know how to edit. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me just save, because I was just playing Skyrim. I'm in this vampire castle right now. Did you get bit? <laughs> oh, I've gotten bit a bunch of times. I had to cure my vampirism. Like three times already. Yeah, that was like a really annoying thing in um, in Oblivion, like the one before Skyrim. When I first played Oblivion, it was the Game of the Year edition. That game had a glitch because these games are notorious like for having glitches just because of how complex they are. So there's always dumb things that happen with, uh, with Bethesda games. Yeah, there's been a few funny glitches that have happened to me where I'm like just like floating in the air and I'm like, why am I floating? At least those ones, like the problem is like they would often have like broken quests, especially if you play them like when the game first comes out. Oh. I don't remember the exact specifics, but the most famous one was in the Fallout game. I think it was Fallout New Vegas where like your quest would break if you were wearing a particular hat. Oh, really? Yeah, just because the algorithms of the game, like, there's so many factors in the games, right? And so you never know what weird thing might trigger, like, a strange glitch. And one of them was there was just a hat that if you put it on, it, like, fucked up the game if you did this specific mission while wearing it. (laughs) And um, in Oblivion, when you got vampirism, the mission to cure yourself of vampirism had a glitch where you literally had to collect these herbs from all over the world, give it to this old lady in a shack, and at the very last thing, she wouldn't accept the fucking garlic. Like, you'd have garlic in your inventory to give her. Oh, no. But she wouldn't see it. You'd have the list, and it's like, you also need four garlic cloves or whatever. And you have them in the inventory, and the option to select, like, give her the stuff just wouldn't show up. And then I was like, fuck this. And then I went on the internet and it turned out like, yeah, that's a game of the year edition glitch. You cannot cure your vampirism. The only solution was to play the regular version of the game. So I think I I knew somebody that owned just the regular version. And you had to put that in your machine, play it off the, the disc of like the regular version, do the mission and then put the other disc back in. But then if you don't have anybody that had the original version, you just couldn't. You just would be a vampire. <laughs> That's my story about vampirism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, re- it's really annoying. Like, when it first happened to me, I just let it happen. Mm. But, you know, during the day, yeah. your stamina runs out and, like, just so a bunch of annoying things started to happen. So then I cured it. But right now I'm, like, going around with this girl, Serena, trying to help her out. It's frustrating. But anyway, I have uh, my these characters. I'm in my command room mm-hmm. uh, with my squad set up. And so right here, like, Ryan, for instance, is a, a shock trooper. He likes another character called Kegel. <laughs> what? So you... <laughs> yeah. 
It's not spelled <laughs> the same way, is it? Uh, K-E-I-G-E-L. Hold on. <laughs> K-E-I-G-E-L? Yeah, am I saying it wrong? Kegel? K- uh, K-E-I-G-E-L. Yeah. Dude, oh, okay, Kegel exercises. Kegel? Kegel? Is, Kegel? Is what? K-E-G-E-L. Okay, so then how would I pronounce this? K-E-I-G-E-L. Kegel? Kegel? Okay. I mean, that's still too close to the word. But it, Okay, so Ryan is a shock trooper, and he deals with sugar wi- sh- sugar withdrawal. Explain to the <laughs> audience what Kegel exercises are. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> they, can, they can Google that. <laughs> I'm not going to do any explaining about that. Anyway, go on. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> so he deals with sugar withdrawal, which is, oh, that's really funny. So I'm friends with, uh, JP f- from Le Matos, and I just saw that he was, he popped up. He's online right now playing a game. <laughs> oh, he's on his Switch? Yeah. <laughs> nice. But he just literally just popped up. Did you see the little short film I made with him? Uh, which, wait, which one? Where he had the little tiny hands? Oh, on yeah. your Instagram. <laughs> it's a very important film, and then more people <laughs> need to see it. <laughs> So sugar withdrawal, when his AP falls below half, he starts to lose focus, lowering his accuracy. He's also very independent. So you have to (laughs) give him sugar? Or he has to eat? How how do you have sugar withdrawal in this game? You can't feed these characters. (laughs) It's just something that he has. So when is that something he has to deal with? He has sugar withdrawal. Kegels are named after a guy. (laughs) Wait, what? You're reading about it right now? Arnold Henry Kegel was an American gynecologist (laughs) who invented... Who invented... Who (laughs) invented... I'm not gonna say oh anything God. more than that. He, he he's a big he's a big invental. Sorry, it's just because I had it on my screen. Still, continue. Invental. Uh, Inventled. Okay. That's like something like a seven year old would say. <laughs> yeah, it's a word. Why not? Inventled. All right, look, you want to listen to a song? We got to listen to a song. Okay. All right, so here is a cool track from Three Force from the album Intergalactic, brought to you uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters, Murat, with the 1984, and in the $15 club, Hampus ML and Ken Jeru. And this track is called Nuke by Three Force.
And that was Nuke. Nuke. <laughs> Nuke uh, by Three Force. And that is a cool song from the album Intergalactic. Those guys have a bunch of cool tracks. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Chatterack. Hey, buddy, how's it going? And Pattern Shift. You know, you can always go back and listen to the episode I did with Pattern Shift just before the uh, Christmas episode. And of course, Atom Force. Facebook doesn't think you're a real person. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Aliyah Lane. And we are back with Computer Magic. And we're just talking about what Valkyria Chronicles 4. And you're listing all the ridiculous characters. And I interrupted you. So uh, what else? Who else is there in the roster? Okay, so like Norid is a sniper and he is a child of nature which means that paved roads feel strange and cold leading to discomfort and lowered defense so if you're on a level with a paved road you might not want to choose norid what a quirky game you know when it, with the title yeah. like valkyrie i just assumed it was going to be all people with robot suits with wings no these are all bra- regular like humans maybe that's just because i'm picturing valkyries yeah valkyrie this Val- valkyria Inventled. Inventled. (laughs) (laughs) I like it so far. I I like it because it's very different. Because I'm also, like I said, playing Skyrim and it's completely different. It's very lighthearted. I'm not very sensitive to games, but like with Skyrim, there's some levels where they're pretty intense, a little scary, like in the dungeons and stuff. So like this game's pretty lighthearted and anime, you know, characters and fun and kind of silly. So like it's a good, good contrast. For me, sometimes I like to switch up genres. Yeah. If I go from an open world game, I like to maybe like balance it with like a first person adventure game or something that or like a platformer, like something that's just different tonally. Although I did go straight from Spider-Man to Red Dead Redemption, yeah. which are both open world games, but it's very different um, pacing wise to especially Spider-Man. It's supposed to be like a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, right? Yes, it is. Because I haven't played either one of them. Oh, Red Dead Redemption. I think that still has my favorite ending of a game. Don't give it away. I won't, but it's very special. It's a special game, and the and the ending was great. Are you happy with Red Dead Redemption 2? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's such a switch because, um, you know, I just got done playing Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a lot of fun, really good. Definitely in the vein of the um, Ubisoft formula. It's not an Ubisoft game, but Ubisoft sort of pioneered this formula with the open world adventure games where it's a lot of like, it's like a big checklist. So there's all these like the Assassin's Creed games, the Far Cry games. You know, they're all sort of like you're in an open world. You can't see all your map. You go to a tower. You defeat the tower. It un- it opens up the map in a perimeter around that tower. Then you can see all the missions you have to do in that zone. You just basically have a list. You know, and it's like, yeah. I have seven bases to defeat, and I've got 12 pigeons to collect, and I've got this many uh, boss battles to fight, and I have this many gang hideouts to eliminate, and you you basically see, you know everything, and so when you play those games, it's almost like you're just, you know, going through a checklist, basically. And pretty much all open world games are like that now. Like, they all sort of follow that formula, whereas Red Dead just is, it's just acting like that isn't a thing, and like it's just a big open world. Somebody compared it to, like, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Because I found myself compelled to just kind of explore without the need of some sort of in-game reward. Like, the reward was just experiencing the game. Yeah. Which is just like Breath of the Wild, you know, where it's like you 
do these long things and it's not like you're getting points and trophies because it's like you got a trophy for whatever like and all the there's all these like side quests in red dead that it's not like there's a checklist that that says you know accomplish all of the side missions they just sort of happen like you just go down the road and like there'll just be you know a lady whose horse fell on her and then you you, <laughs> you, you know you gotta get the horse off her and then give her a ride into town i don't know why i laughed at that <laughs> well no it's a funny thing to say <laughs> yesterday i was going in the forest and there was like a bunch of kkk guys like having a, f- a cross burning in the forest and then one of them sets himself on fire and then like they all just start running around on fire and then like they just all die and then you can just loot them <laughs> my understanding because i just read an article because i didn't actually try because one of those games where there's like a morality and so like i didn't shoot any of them but i've been told that that's the one exemption in the game where you can shoot the kkk guys without getting a negative score oh that's good yeah <laughs> so, like, but i let i let the scenario play out because they were like it was like a s- stupid bumbling scenario and then and then like a bunch of dudes just got set on fire and ran around and then the rest of them scattered and anyway but it's just stuff like that just happens yeah some of them are like really funny too like just really quirky sense of humor stuff that happens one was like a like this war veteran in town who just wanted a hug and like that was it he's like can i be your friend and then you know you have this little dialogue with him like yeah i'll be your friend can i have a hug and you're like okay and then and then he hugs you and then he's just like thanks mister and leaves and that was it that's so weird so there's a lot of things that you just do you know and it still has that sort of rock star game sense of humor but it's definitely a more serious game than playing like grand theft auto like it still has the satire that that company does but it's not as like grand theft auto like the satire is just in your face at all times like the radio the radio stations are all satire every single thing the pedestrians say as you walk by all the commercials you know like everything whereas this game it's a little bit more subtle it's occasional dialogue you overhear if you're in the saloon or posters on the wall or things but since it's the wild west there isn't as many places for them to have those sorts of things but no it's it's very very good and the weather effects are the some of the best i've ever seen I'm gonna have to try it out. I think well, you're gonna need to get a PlayStation or a, or an Xbox One X. I know. I think <laughs> I, I've been. Well, I had a PS4 and VR for it and everything, and then the Switch came out, and I was like, oh, there's just so many games I want to play on the Switch. And then at the time, uh, the guy I was dating, like, we just had two PlayStations, and I was like, okay, well, I'll sell mine. Ooh, were you dating a prince? Fucking. <laughs> Two PlayStation. Well, he had one, and I also had oh, one. Oh, I then, got you. And then, yeah, and then we moved in together. <laughs> Was I dating him? Oh my god. Well, no, because it's cause I two PlayStation. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so we had moved in together, and then we just basically had two PlayStations. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to get the Switch, and so I sold my PlayStation, got the Switch, and then we ended up breaking up. And now I don't have a PlayStation anymore, and I just have the Switch. But now, well, I'm this like, is a valuable lesson to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Don't sell your systems for love. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important public service announcement from uh, everyone here at Beyond Synth. And look, we got to listen to another track. You want to listen to another song? Sounds good. So here's a cool one from Alpine. That's A-L-P-I-I-N-E. And this track is called Super Visual by Alpine.
And that was Alpine with Super Visual. And that's a cool track. And uh, look, we're back. We're back here with Computer Magic. And you're just talking about selling your PlayStation, or you sold your PlayStation. Now you don't... Uh, have one anymore but like are you gonna get another one like did you just sell the console like do you still have some of your old games i still have some of my old playstation games so i'm like oh well maybe i should get a playstation or maybe i should just get an xbox i don't know i think i'm kind of leaning towards an xbox to be honest well you're a foolish lady (laughs) (laughs) why you wouldn't you would recommend me to get a playstation well here here's what i will say technically speaking the Xbox One X is the most powerful console right now. Okay. Technically so then speaking. Why, so then why wouldn't I get that then? Because PlayStation has better exclusives. Okay. However, Xbox One X is backwards <laughs> compatible. Okay. Like, put it this way. If I had the money, I would probably just get an Xbox as well just to have. Yeah, but if you had to get one or the other. PlayStation. Okay. The exclusives on PlayStation are just better, and I don't know that there's any argument to the contrary. Xbox has Gears of War and Halo, and PlayStation has, like, like the Uncharted series. Last of Us 2 is going to be really good. It has everything else that the Xbox has anyways, right? Like, all the third-party games. Yeah. For that reason alone. But at the same time, my understanding is the Xbox One X is the best way to play Red Dead Redemption, because it plays <laughs> yeah. it in proper 4K. You know, and this game is really good, so that is one reason. Like, if someone said, hey, man, I just want to play that game, and I'm going to buy a console, and that's it, I'm like, well, then I guess maybe buy the most powerful one. (laughs) Why not? I I watched the Digital Foundry video where they compared the graphics (laughs) of all the consoles, like a good nerd. And you saw that the Xbox... Yes, because it is more powerful, Yeah. right? But the Xbox is funny. Like, I wouldn't mind getting one again just for the backwards compatibility because there was the the Rare collection where they had, you know, like the Banjo-Kazooie games and Perfect Dark and a a bunch of other Rare games, and it was on Xbox 360. And so if I got a new Xbox, then I would play that game because it was a... Or was that on Xbox One? What a dumb thing I'm saying. Look, the bottom line is this, okay? <laughs> Wait, did we talk about ukulele? Did you play that? We, I think we talked about it when we, we actually did the Computer Magic Show, which this is slowly oh, becoming okay, if okay. we talk for any longer. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> We don't have to talk about it, but that was a fun game. <laughs> yeah, no, I enjoyed it. So how about this? I, I think we've decided now that you're not going to review games anymore. I'll just talk about, yeah, I'm just talking about what I'm playing. So look, so you're playing Valkyria Chronicles 4. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I like it. I th- I, I mean, if you're playing Red Dead or you're, or you're really involved with another game, <laughs> it, it's like a nice side game, <laughs> It's like game, I'm in a relationship or something. It's like a nice side piece to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to take your mind off your main biatch. Oh, no. I'm not that kind of a guy. Know, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just saying, like, if you... It's a nice... <laughs> like, I'll play it, but... I'll play it before I go to bed. I'll, like... <laughs> there's no way out of this metaphor there's, now. Yeah, there's no way out of it now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Yes, it, of course it, I do. It's just, like, a nice game. You know, you have to strategize and think about your squad and who you want on your team and who's going to be the most useful to you and... But yeah, you have many characters and you have shock troopers and scouts, grenadiers, snipers and different types of weapons. And the story is pretty good, too. And the, the characters have funny interactions with each other. So I don't know. I, 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 like, I like the game. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, look, you have a lovely day. You too. It was nice chatting with you about games and and we'll do it again. Okay. See you later. It's a weird way to sign off. (laughs) (laughs) Later.
Indeed, and that was me catching up with Computer Magic. It's always fun to chat with her. Master Boot Record, or Master Boot Record, nah, <laughs> is coming up in just a second, and uh, and we have a fun chat. But first, let's listen to a song. So how about this? I haven't played a track from Ghost in a long time. I just looked at my list. It's been like a while, so I thought I would uh, listen to a Ghost track. And this is from the album Possessor. This is Sigil by Ghost.
And that was Ghost with the track Sigil. And that's a kick-ass song. And don't forget, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show. If you listen to the show on SoundCloud or if you listen to the uploads I put on YouTube, just click on the uh, more info section or whatever, and I have the links. I have the links to all the artists whose music I feature on the show. So you can go uh, find their music, man, and, uh, and buy it. And listen to it. Consume the content. That is your goal. I keep forgetting every week. Um, Don't forget to check out Retro Revolutions. We're going to do something different this year. I think I'm going to try and do roughly like a monthly check-in with Jared to see what's up. So maybe we'll time it whenever he releases a new video. So if you go to Retro Revolutions on YouTube, he does console mods. And he works on custom things, and lately his projects have been for, like, synthwave producers and stuff. And uh, he's working on a, a Game Boy mod for The Midnight right now, and he makes videos and shows you uh, what he does. And they put a lot of work and cool stuff into it. Mizu Cat paints them, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So go check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube, at Retro Faith Games on Twitter, and Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. And now, my friends, let us go chat with Master Boot Record. Alright, well I'm I'm here with Master Boot Record. How's it going, man? Everything's going alright. It's very good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem, man. You make uh, awesome music. Thanks. <laughs> so you are you are you Italian? Yes, I'm Italian. One hundred percent Italian from the south. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between the regions? Italy, I don't know how it's in the other countries, but in Italy, you can find a very different kind of dialects for every region, even. Uh, if you're moving not so much mm-hmm. like if you go 100 kilometers from here you get a very different kind of uh, not culture because the, the culture is still pretty much the same but there are differences like uh, in so many other things like from the, the language spoken or uh, of, of course the classic uh, uh, recipes for food yeah. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff <laughs> products and <laughs> you know every part you visit in Italy there's always some different kind of art and Italy being separated so many times um, influenced by so many different cultures in the past and so that's pretty much create a lot of diversity which is a good thing yeah man is Vincenzo Salvia the only Italian guy I've had on the show I think he is yeah I know Vincenzo is a very nice guy there is Orax also from Italy anyway. Orax, you know Orax? Yeah, okay. I think I've played his music, but I haven't had him on as a guest. Yeah, yeah. He's doing great music too. And uh, a very nice guy too. Talking about that diversity right now of sound, because, you know, Vincenzo does uh, Italo disco stuff, pretty yeah. sort of classic sounding stuff. And what you do is a lot different. Actually, this episode's going to be interesting for people because what you do is almost like electronic metal music. Like, it's hard to explain. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, I've been talking about this a few times, about this topic. Like, when people say that I'm doing synthwave, I have a little bit of... uh, I find it hard to... No, it's not synthwave. 
It's not yeah, synthwave. <laughs> because it's not. I mean, I, I, it's awesome. Like, I like synthwave, of course, and everything, but it's more li- really like heavy metal made with synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not electronic music that sound metal. It's more like metal, the sound that is made with electronic gear. Right. So, what I mean, it's, it's more like the opposite. There are in synthwave, like in dark synth, for example, like you have this electronic music that is very aggressive. And so it has the mood of a metal kind of uh, sound. But uh, I think uh, with Master Boot Dragon, what I'm doing, it's a bit the opposite. When I'm writing the music, I write it thinking uh, as I'm a metal band. Yes. A metal project. And I'm using synthesizers to do it of course there are a lot of other influences like uh, that comes also from synthwave and 80s music and metal music uh, and classical music and of course chip tune which is mm-hmm. probably the most important influence together with metal like uh, chip tune and metal are essentially the core of master boot record. when i started doing this show you know the focus was on synthwave but i love electronic music in whatever form it sort of comes in so I never have any problem like having people on the show or playing music on the show that isn't necessarily synthwave. Yeah. But if it's just cool electronic music, I dig it. And definitely what you do is awesome. It's very different than a lot of the stuff I play on the show, but it just has such an energy. It's fucking cool shit to listen to. <laughs> Thanks, man. But you're right. I mean, like, uh, of course, I listen to a lot of electronic music too, like of a lot of different genres. For example, I. I'm a very big fan of uh, underground techno. I go to raves and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I'm not so much into ADM, like, you know, the more pop ADM, not so much, and dubstep, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But I like a lot of electronic music. I, I've, I've been listening to electronic music for a long time. At the same time, when I was more like a teenager, I was much more into heavy metal. You know, I was a teen in the 90s, in the late 80s, so that's what I was pretty much into, like, especially thrash metal and death metal. Mm-hmm. And during my when I was growing up because uh, I had a computer shop with my father and so I was growing up also with all these computers and stuff and the chip tunes of uh, all these computers especially the Commodore 64 at the very beginning and you had these loaders Mm -hmm. that you were putting the cassette in the Commodore 64 and you were loading a game and it would take like a lot of time to load it up and you had this loader that were like intro screens with music while you're waiting for the game to load and they were all chip tunes and uh, and this has influenced me a lot as well as all the you know the cracks yes yeah yeah I did a few shows last season mm-hmm. I did a few chip tune shows I talked to uh, Sabutam yeah, and yeah. Uh, Salsa and yeah we talked a lot about the the demo scene yeah the demo scene and uh, the cracks and things like that yeah 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 that's been as absolutely one very strong influence because uh, I was a kid like I was a teenager kid like it was between uh, nine years old until 16 years old something like that and there were all this crack and uh, crack intros and all this music from also the video games of course and the chip tunes coming from the demo scene really influencing me i think a lot because uh, the, the chip tune it's a uh, creation out of limitation you have few sounds you have to deal with a very simple way of making music so it forces you some way to focus on composition and this makes the chip tune more close to classical music mm-hmm. like when you have to focus not on the production 
or, or the sound having a big sound like nowadays everyone to want to have a big sound want to have a special funky sound in the past <laughs> it was the opposite you had few sounds and you had to do the best out of it and this is a concept i've translated in master butregor also because if you hear my music there is always the same sounds mm -hmm. for all the albums there are like a chip tune lead there is a pad there is a the guitar synth of course which is the main instrument uh, which is replacing the metal guitar it's all around this four or five sounds and it's all more focused on composition rather than production there are no effects cutoffs or stuff like that you know mm -hmm. just a little bit here and there but it's very focused on uh, composition alone and not effects not because i don't like them it's just a matter of concept anyway yeah 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 well how about this man let's uh, listen to a track yeah sure and then we'll keep talking so uh this was a track that i really dug it's gonna be funny trying to say the names of your songs and albums yeah what is it <laughs> because because they're all these fucking crazy like dos prompts and stuff so an album you did in uh, 2016 called c dash fix mbr Is that, or what do you know, C colon backslash. What's the name of that symbol that's the arrow that points to the right? I don't know how it's called in English. Like, it's bigger than, no, plus, I mean, I'm bigger than, you know, greater than or whatever. Yes, greater than, like. greater than. That's the symbol. <laughs> anyway, just those comments. Greater than, not plus. C, C colon <laughs> backslash, uh, greater than, fix MBR. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh, I want to play uh, track number one, which is plus... Zero 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 hex. <laughs> That is like uh, the table of uh, of the Masabu Dragon. You know what is a Masabu Dragon, right? No. Well, how about this? Explain to me after we listen to the song. <laughs>
So that was plus triple zero hex by Master Boot Record. So, and I'm here with Master Boot Record right now. What is your name? Do I know your name? My name is Vittorio D'Amore, which is Victor Love in English, actually. Well, that's cool. I had all the projects in the past as uh, Dope Stars Incorporated and all the projects. And uh, yeah, that was my nickname, but it was always been my nickname since the days of the early internet, anyway. Because mm-hmm. it's simply <laughs> like the translation of my name in English. Yeah, you know, I never say who I am publicly because I don't think it's relevant anyway. I don't, the project is uh, just a computer having like getting infected by some spellware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he doesn't, I'm just his uh, assistant, like technician of this computer. Mm. And just just <laughs> programming it. <laughs> well, it's just sometimes I'll be talking to people and then I'm, I'm like very far into the conversation and then I realize I've been having a conversation with a person and I don't even know what their name is. And so it, it's funny to me. But You can call me Victor anyway. <laughs> How do you say again? So Vitor? Vittorio. But Vittorio. Go, Vittorio. Yeah. Just go for Victor because it's easier anyway. <laughs> I want to say Vittorio. I think it sounds cooler. Vittorio. Okay, you think so? Yeah, it's like a kind of guy with a cape who, who <laughs> drinks blood. So, what is what is a master boot record? A master boot record is a specific boot sector of the hard disk. You know the hard disk you have in your computer? There is separated in sectors. So, the master boot record is a sector where there are stored important information about your hard disk. Now, I'm not gonna go in technical details. Anyway, the song <laughs> you played mm-hmm. is uh, is the classic uh, master boot record structure. It's made in X. It's represented this way. It has like seven. The classic one is uh, seven uh, instances and this was the first one plus zero, zero, zero X. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. You mentioned earlier that you had a, a computer shop. Not me, directly. My father had. Well, right, like, yeah. He started uh, really like in the... can't remember exactly now. I think it was 86 or 87. So yeah, I was always surrounded by computers anyway. And this is why I am so, so much into this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously talking, like uh, this has been uh, like, uh, very important in the, how this project started. You know, like uh, this is a project that I feel very close to my past and to my roots so all all what you see like uh, from the game cover video game cover songs to all these strange symbols and comments uh, of uh, DOS and uh, Windows whatever and all the retro computer stuff it's very very connected to my personal life and uh, this is uh, makes also very easy for me to work around this because it's something that I truly uh, experienced it's influencing me really a lot what sort of computer shop was it was it like a small community yeah, it was like you know in the 90s late 80s was like classic computer shop selling uh, when we started I think there was the 286 like the first EBM uh, compatible computer right and then uh, of course it went on and on for almost until 2003 so we we went through all the the growth of computer until Pentium and whatever but also not only the computers but you know the printers the scanners the modem the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> the growth of the internet we had the BBS and all this kind of stuff you know how big was the store was it like a tiny store I don't know, it was 
a normal store. We had, uh, we were moving like the store a uh, few times. Uh, at first it was very big and then it got smaller. But yeah, you know, a classic computer shop, like it was a normal, normal store. It was before the commercial center. It wasn't a franchise computer store no, like no, it was no. a, a normal private independent store right yeah you know, there were a lot of in the in that time i don't know how it was there but here there were a lot of small shops because at certain point we were one of the first actually in my city at first there were just a few then they started to pop out everywhere and then uh, there has been you know a, a down uh, around 2000 early 2000 mostly because of the commercial center, the big stores coming out. Yes. And also the computer gets simplified a lot. So you could buy just a computer that were already assembled and everything. You didn't mm-hmm. need assistance and you were selling at these big stores and so on. So it was going down in the early 2000s. In the early days, like people didn't know a shit about computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like we were learning while all these things were coming out. And I was there most of the time because my father was always uh, kind of using me, like giving me some new stuff, like take this stuff and test it to tell me what it does, <laughs> what it does, <laughs> or stuff like that. Because I was a nerd, you know. Yeah. I was a nerd, so maybe he would come someday and give me a scanner mm. and say, well, this is the first scanner. It's a thing that you can put stuff and you can translate them into JPEGs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like, cool, huh? And I was checking out like the manual and stuff, trying to configure the drivers with Windows 3.11 or something like that. <laughs> and it was fucking always difficult to do anything. And I had to configure this and that. And, you know, that's what I was doing. Yeah. But I was liking it a lot because I was a kid. Well, I want to uh, I want to listen to more music and then we'll uh, keep talking about this. Mm-hmm. So here's a track. From another album called C colon backslash greater than edit config dot system yes. or S Y S. And uh, and this was a track called Files equals six six six.
And that was Files equals 666 by Master Boot Record. And I'm talking to Master Boot Record right now. Vittorio, all the way from Italy, talking about working in a computer shop as a kid and testing out all the cool stuff. Yeah, they, they look pretty cool at the times. <laughs> I remember my dad got a scanner and it was, you had to slide it down the paper yourself. You held the scanner like a mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the genius. And then when you scan stuff, if you moved your hand too quickly, the image would go all distorted and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of, uh, of memories from the past that are influencing the, the conceptual visual part of, uh, of Master Boot Record anyway. I'm all the time thinking about these things and uh, I some way incorporate what I do, you know? Yeah. For example, the 5666 you just played, it's, you know, the config sys stuff to configure the computer, the config sys and out exact dot parts. And uh, I was doing this so many times for the clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. I'm not great with computers. Like, I'm okay with computers. So I would always be the guy who is fixing other people's computers, but I never knew how to do any of the shit with the terminal or anything. It's just because everyone I knew knew so little about computers. My solution was always... Control Alt Delete. But you're you're on PC or Mac? Both. I'm I'm more Mac now, but like uh, we have both in the house, uh -huh. and on PC. So I would always fix people's computers by just going to the uh, startup menu and just turning everything off. Because everyone who, who ever had computer problems always just had like. 50 things that booted up on startup you know when the computer starts up and so I would always that, that that was my solution for everything it was always just control all delete go into the thing turn off all the startup items and then that usually solved everybody's problems yeah that's pretty much the the classic answer you get like did you try to switch it off and on yeah <laughs> or when some clients are coming like hey, my monitor isn't working but did you switch it on <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't even power it up Oh, the other, another time, I remember, a client come and say, hey, but my webcam, the webcam were just coming out. The webcam is not working. I'm trying to look into it, but I don't see anything. <laughs> he was trying to look into the fucking webcam. And he was surprised <laughs> that it wasn't working because he was expecting to see people inside or stuff like that. You know? <laughs> well, it's good to see that stories like this are universal. <laughs> I had a friend who worked in a call center, so he was answering a phone uh, on behalf of a computer company. Yeah. He had to answer these questions, you know, when old people would phone. Yeah, I just, I just can't imagine the nightmare. <laughs> it's insane that, are you sure the computer is turned on, is the biggest problem for a lot of people with their computer. Like, not understanding to turn it on. Yeah, but fortunately, nowadays, that's been simplified a lot. But in the past... Uh, there were some technical glitches and stuff, you know, it was not always working fine like now. Yes. So it was even harder and people didn't have any idea what they were dealing with. Also, when Internet was coming out, it was such a new thing and it, nobody knew what to do with it. I remember the most frustrating thing, and I'm so glad that a lot of this has been solved for me. The most frustrating moments I've had with computers was when wireless internet, like, kind of first came out, like, with the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you had to, you know, install the Wi-Fi card. I remember just freaking out. It never made any sense to me, and I, I got so mad when I was just like, look, 
It's fucking plugged in. It's turned on. It recognizes the modem. It says, I recognize the modem, but it won't fucking send a signal. And I and then it always ended up that I just had to restart the computer and the modem at the same time. Yeah, there are thousands of these stories. You, you can tell, you know, when a new technology came out, it's always like this. On this side, it was fun because, you know, it was our job to figure out something all the time, like some new stuff were coming out and how to make it work and... Uh, was cool. I'm a nerd, so I'm so much into it anyway. For me, I have an understanding. I just can't do a lot of the things, but it's like I understand them. So, you know, I understand what goes on in like terminal or in in uh, the Mac, you know, if you have the pseudo commands or whatever. Like, I get it, you know, but I don't know them. Anytime I need to do any sort of terminal command or change something, I have to go on the internet and copy and paste. Yeah, also I am I had a lot of experience, direct experience, but uh, still I don't know a lot of things. Like it's a very big world to explore. Yeah. Also, programming and stuff you know I, I'm mm. not a programmer like I'm not a coder I was more into the you know the hardware and this kind of stuff not engineering of course like uh, to make things work I'm not an engineer or a coder or whatever but yet there is so much to explore well how about this let's explore another track of uh, Master Boot Record we're gonna move to the album C colon backslash greater than edit auto exec dot bat and <laughs> I just like saying these. <laughs> this track was uh, was one that I dug. This was prompt dollar sign P dollar sign G by Master Boot Record. Yes.
And that was Prompt, dollar sign P, dollar sign G, by Master Boot Record. And I'm here chatting with Master Boot Record right now, all the way from Italy. So when I see your song titles, mm-hmm. I don't know what they mean, but I recognize the structure. You know, like when like error messages pop up and stuff. <laughs> yes. There's certain things you see all the time, but like I've never understood them, but I have them in my brain because of <laughs> yes. uh, seeing them so much. <laughs> but for example, a prompt SPSG is to show the path, the C, you know, C, and then the SG is to show the greater sign in the common prompt. Okay. okay? <laughs> So when, it, when you are in the common prompt and you see the greater sign, mm. it's because in the autoexec.bot, there was written prompt as PSG, <laughs> right? This is exactly what we are talking about. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. What it reminds me of, too, because, yeah, we, you were talking about Commodore earlier, and my brother used to have a Commodore, and so I would play it. I used to have a Commodore when I was very, very young. I had it for a couple of years, then I switched to Amiga. Mm-hmm. I think I was eight years old when he brought me the first Commodore, and I'm rediscovering it now also in the recent years. It's been a few years I've been into it again, but I, I've been living like a life that since uh, my father was into this kind of stuff. For example, I had a Commodore for a couple of years, then it switched to Amiga. Mm-hmm. And I had Amiga, then I had, like, I don't know, consoles like Mega Drive and Super NES. Then it switched to PC again. So I've been seeing all this stuff while they were coming out, PlayStation also, whatever. Yeah. And so on and so on and so on. And it's cool because recently, for example, now we come back to talk a bit about music i've been working on a thing like um, uh, i would like to bring the commodore 64 and amiga 500 to my live show to use them as um, as synthesizers like uh, there is some uh, mods there are some modification you can do to them so that you can use the sound chips inside the commodore 64 and amiga right via midi so this is something i'm working on right now because uh we have a few shows that are going to be confirmed soon. The first is uh, in Paris in April. And I would really like to bring it live. Because, you know, people is been complaining like that. Why I don't have a keyboard live, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> I don't have a, a synth, like a keyboard physically. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting topic because what I want to communicate with what I'm doing, like with my concept, because my concept is like that Master Boot Record is a computer that is being playing this programmed stuff and uh, actually I didn't perform the stuff while I was writing it but I was just composing it right yeah I was programming it yes so it's not like that I'm uh, <laughs> performing the guitar scenes like uh, with the keyboard and then I'm recording it it's like all programmed yes which is why I've been thinking a lot about this if I should bring some keyboard live or not find somebody to play keyboard because I'm playing guitar of course I'm a rhythm guitarist anyway mm-hmm. and I have a drummer for live cool. but the thing is that in the end I came to the conclusion that it wouldn't make so much sense because you know the electronic parts are all programmed and it's not that I can add like you know some effects or something like that to it so it's uh, completely with the concept to have the computer playing it and this is what I've been doing in London so we, were, we had a computer playing the computer parts as he is part of the band, you know, it's like uh, he's definitely a big part of the band, like of Master Boot Dragon. You know what you should do? You should uh, hollow out 
an old computer monitor and wear it as a helmet. <laughs> But what I'm doing is uh, actually uh, I'm going to do is to bring these computers live. I, I really brought them, but it was just 386, mm -hmm. like a, a laptop 386, playing also some demo C and stuff. But I want to patch to my DAV this computer that are going to play additional parts during the live show in real time and then mix them during the show. You know, when I'm not playing guitar, I can get this computer coming in with a mixer and uh, I think this makes more sense because I, I was saying once on Facebook that I will never have a keyboard because <laughs> I never have a keyboard in first place and the only thing yeah. I will ever have is a computer keyboard. Yes. Because this is the truth. I made it all through a computer keyboard. Then you should wear, like, have computer keyboards hanging off you. Have, like, five or six just hanging off you, like jewelry. And then as, as you play, you can press the keys on your chest and your arm. Yeah, but this is just a visual thing, man. Yeah, it would be a nice visual thing. But anyway, <laughs> let's, let's forget about this. No, I mean... I'm <laughs> no way. When you're doing a live show, you can go around with the keyboards hanging around <laughs> like that, like that. I think I'm gonna get crazy. Well, you'll definitely get tangled up and fall over for sure. That'll be... For sure. <laughs> yeah, but instead, I, I like the idea of bringing the computers. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I'm playing the live show, the computers are faced to the audience, not the contrary. Right. Like the computer monitor are looking at the audience and the audience is looking at the computers because the computers are actually a real big part of the project right then we add of course the live drums and the additional guitar with i i had live guitars to it and uh, makes it a whole live experience you know mm -hmm. because actually there is also a thing like to play these parts with the keyboard like performing live those keyboard parts especially of course there are some parts that are quite possible to perform but there are some of the parts that are very very difficult like almost impossible in some parts especially the chip tune parts that are all manually programmed and it's not technically possible to perform them your stuff is pretty complex Yeah, it, it's complex, but it's like only two sounds. This is also one other reason why you can't perform them. Because like the guitar synth, it's so tight, so quantized that even if you try to perform in live, it will never sound the same. And uh, anyway, it will break the concept completely. Right. As for the lead, the lead sound is pretty basic lead. Actually, sounds like a guitar, sounds like a lead guitar. You could play, maybe I could find somebody to play some parts of it. But then there are some other parts where it gets really like, you know, the ring mode bell, like, like yeah. <laughs> it's all manually programmed. And then it's like one by 32 bits or stuff like that. So it's kind of hard like to think that somebody can perform that part. Yeah. So it would be a little bit strange. Like I could get somebody like to perform some parts or play over the backtracks or whatever, maybe in the future. Yeah. But right now I like the idea of being like, uh, you know, the assistant of a computer or, you know, the hardware assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? Let's listen to another track. This was another one I dug. I think this was from the same album. This was one called Set Path Equals C colon backslash Metal by Master Boot Record. We'll 
And that was set path equals C colon backslash metal by Master Boot Record. And I am here with Master Boot Record right now. So uh, I noticed you also do lots of video game covers as well. I tried to do the cover songs of all the games I've been playing when I was a kid. Some of them were on Commodore, some other on Amiga, some other on DOS, PC. Yeah, like Turrican, for example, was on Commodore, Ghost and Goblin. Then you had another word for Amiga or Flashback, Zelda for Nintendo and Golden Axe. Yeah, speaking of Flashback, I always loved the main menu music. Yeah. You know, like the main screen where the guy's holding the gun and it's just like... Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, there is a lot of very good music in a video game of that time. It parts is also because of the sound chips, like we were using this uh, sound chip from Amiga or sound chip from Commodore. They had a very characteristic kind of sound. There's this website I always go to called Zofar's Domain, and he uh, uploads all this old video game music. I've been going through the catalog of Commodore music, and I just download it all. Especially Commodore music is very particular because it has this uh, seed chip sound that is so peculiar. This is why I want to bring it live, because I got a, a, a mod card that is uh, using the sealed chip of the Commodore 64. And you can uh, use all the sounds that, that are very, very nice. I really like the kind of uh, timber and um, the sounds that is typical of the seed chip. No, it definitely had a wicked sound, man. Even during the 16-bit era, I mean, I still think that the Super Nintendo was the better system, like it was more powerful, but the Genesis sound chip was cooler. Yeah, the Genesis sound chip. Yeah, it was so metal. Yeah, it was great. Like, the bass? Because with with a lot of Super Nintendo games, I think overall the Super Nintendo ones were better if they were on both consoles, but the Super Nintendo one always sounded like elevator music. (laughs) It didn't have a punch to it. Yeah, in fact, the Mega Drive sound, you mean the Genesis Mega Drive sound chip, has been also inspiring me to do the sound I'm doing with Master Boot Record because probably the the Genesis sound chip was among the first sound chips that were also thanks to the composer that were doing the music on it. There's a lot of songs that are actually metal. Yes. Like, they are metal songs made with the sound chips like if you take like for example Contra Contra R Corp so Mega Drive it's got like some soundtrack that is so metal He had some sounds that could resemble the guitar, the metal guitar, and people were composing with it. So it's very close to what I'm doing with Master Boot Record in a way. Have you ever played a game? This is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. It was a pinball game called Devil's Crush. Oh, no, I didn't play that. What, what was that on Super Nintendo? It was on Turbo Graphics. On um, Turbo Graphics. There was also a Genesis version, a Mega Drive version, and I don't think it was called Devil's Crush. I think it might have been called Dragon's Crush. Anyway, it's a pinball game. It's occult-themed. 
So it's like druids and pentagrams and stuff like this. But the music in it is awesome. I preferred the Turbo Graphics version over the Genesis version, but it's 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 metal. Like it's it's fucking great. There's also a lot of ways to go back now and play these old games very easy, like with emulators and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a bit sad that they closed Emul Paradise anyway. I think a lot of us probably have the files that we need. <laughs> it was mostly Nintendo, right? Like Nintendo was cracking down on people file sharing. It's totally reasonable that it's Nintendo because they are always about everything. Even for the past five years or so, if you went to Emu Paradise or Cool ROMs or any of those places, a lot of the Nintendo Nintendo games like Mario Kart, you know, Super Mario World, those ones weren't there. So you could still download Super Nintendo games, but, you know, Metroid and Super Mario and Mario Kart, those games weren't in the list. They are very strict about copyright. I think they sued... Two websites, and then I think some of the other ones basically just said, well, we don't want to get sued, so they just took the Nintendo stuff down. Yeah, I think something like that happened. I think that there are places to to find this anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody's got that. And arcade games. I think the greatest thing about emulation, honestly, is arcade games. Arcade, yeah. Because those were the things you couldn't really have. Yeah, of course... I have friends that have a arcade at home. <laughs> La-di-da. Yeah, you know, the guy that I'm working on the game, uh, you know, I'm working on a game, Virtuaverse, and uh, the guy that's doing the code is also uh, very much into retro gaming. He's got eight arcade cabs. Nice. <laughs> they are not all working, but three of them <laughs> he fixed up. Mm. And he put, like, every possible game that exists into this cabs and uh, very very cool yeah and sometimes when we meet for the game talking about the game we're playing the arcade and stuff yeah yeah i do enjoy the arcade experience i think it's a it's a special thing but look we gotta listen to more music man so here's a track from an album you did called 486 dx yeah. and uh, and this one's called 64 megabytes <laughs>
And that was 64 megabytes by Master Boot Record. I'm here with Vittorio right now talking about playing old games. Did you now you said you were uh, working on a video game soundtrack? Yeah, you know, I'm working on a on a video on a point and click adventure game like uh, Monkey Island. We're working on a on a point and click adventure, a modern one in pixel art. Wallenberg uh, is doing the pixel art. He did the video for Perturbator or Ghost Shooter Jennings Manson. He's doing the pixel art and uh, I'm doing the soundtrack and the story and uh, my friend Alessio is doing the code and uh, dialogues and text and other stuff like we are working as a team anyway mm. and uh, the team is called Theta Division Theta Division and we have this game we have been working on for a couple of years now it's called Virtuaverse alright Virtuaverse so what is uh, what kind of game is it? it's like a cyberpunk point click adventure and um, we hope to have it released sometime in autumn it's so crazy when these projects just take so long, right? I mean, it's so much work. Yeah, the game takes a lot of work because, uh, of course, first of all, we are doing our jobs and other projects and so on, so we can't be focusing every day on it, mm-hmm. but we are working really a lot. We have spent thousands of hours on this game, but it takes so much time to finish a good game. Because, you know, we, we don't want to make a, just an average game. We are really, uh, really investing a lot of time and work into it. And this is uh, also very connected to Master Boot Record itself because uh, I started this project because of the game. It was two years ago. Okay, yeah. When I started Master Boot Record, then I started this project. It was in uh, September 2016 when uh, all started. And it all started because uh, basically I wanted to have a project where I could write the soundtrack for the game mm-hmm. because my previous projects were also like with vocals and stuff you know and they were not like cheap tune or uh, having this kind of influences from demo scene or crack music and so on and I wanted something like that for the game so in the end I decided to create this project and I started to write some songs for the game which are actually the first Master Boot Record songs that are still unreleased they're a bit more ambient because it's for a game yeah I was I was gonna ask you because like your music has so much energy to it that I can't imagine if your character is just like no, no, walking no. down the street going to the cafe yeah that... of course that's, uh, that's reasonable <laughs> no no it's not like that yeah of course there are gonna be like some cut scenes where there is more action yes. where a song that is more metal like could fit but most of the in-game song when you're playing the game are more like you know ambient and so on like more chill and uh, atmospheric and so on more electronic yeah but while I was writing these songs I was also thinking let's add some guitars to it like let's add some synthetic guitars to it and I had like um, this uh, preset that I was working on through the years for a sound that was making these guitars and I had to do it and I came up with some songs that were too hard they were too hard for the game yeah. <laughs> and so I said to the guys hey guys this is really probably too metal for the game so maybe I'm gonna make a project with this Yeah. and so that's exactly what I did I had one or two songs that were more metal the one with the first one you played and, and another song anyway and I started this project focusing more uh, in a metal direction right and this is how the project started actually yeah 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 well it makes sense I mean 2016 when you started it was I guess a busy period of time for making music because most of your albums were in 2016 pretty much like back to back it was like here's 13 songs here's another 14 songs like it's just yeah because um, when 
when I started, like I really had the feeling like that I had to write a lot of stuff. I wanted to do something different. I just didn't want to wait to make an album and just release it. So I, I was just writing the song and every day I was uploading this song on Bandcamp day by day. I wrote the first four albums between first uh, of September and 22 of September. Yeah. In 22 days. <laughs> You didn't know that? Yeah, no, I see, I see I see the dates on the thing. It's, it's awesome. I was just writing them and then exporting and releasing them. Some albums on Bandcamp were starting only with one song. Were you drinking a lot of espresso or what? No, no, I was just uh, on a roll and I wanted to write music and just did it. But I wasn't thinking much about it. I was just uh, composing them and exporting and uploading. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I didn't even double check stuff in the past. I was really into big production, like spending a lot of time on an album until it's perfect and so on. With Massive Bootrego, I did the contrary. Like, it was very instinctive. I was writing some songs and I was releasing them day by day. What is more satisfying to you? Being able to just write and put something out or really working hard on, on something but knowing that, you, you know, you can't release it until it's absolutely perfect? For me personally, I feel much better about just writing something and release it in, immediately. Yeah. Because um, I've been going through the whole standard kind of business you make an album then you announce the album wait six months make promotion and release the album right mm-hmm. which is also something that I did for the latest two albums like with Blood Music in that period of time when I started it was so uh, inspiring because I was just evolving if you listen uh, from Fix MBR the first EP until Check Disc you can hear that it's developing like the style it's changing and shaping through these albums until it reaches a final form in check disc. Right. And so it was uh, very satisfying, like also with the cover song, for example, like I was doing the cover song of Doom and so on. And I was just making them in the afternoon one day and the day after releasing them. It's very good also because we live in a, in a time that the time factor is almost irrelevant. You can release this thing today, you can release in six months, it doesn't change so much. Right. You should as well release it immediately because um, the flow of content is so fast. Like there is so much content coming out. So I think in part the fact that it was releasing so much stuff in a short time span and then I kept releasing cover song one, once every two weeks or one week. It's been helping a lot in the process of uh, getting uh, feedback and uh, reaching more people because you keep delivering content to the people. And uh, this is very important in the end because I still love the album concept. I mean, like the fact of doing an album instead of just releasing single songs, right? Mm. With all the concept and so on. But I think that waiting too much isn't so necessary anymore. Well, you have a, you get a satisfaction because like I have that same thing. It's sort of like an artist brain type thing where I can work for so long on something or I can just put something out really quickly. Yeah. And for me, it's all about just that response. It's about creating something and having people see it or hear it and then interact with you about the thing you created. Yeah, I also collect the feedback about it. For me, that satisfaction is 
the same whether I worked on something for like a year or whether I worked on something for a day. It's all about that reaction. That's why I wish I could produce things faster because to me it's all about just getting it out there. Yeah, this is another important point that you touch that is connected to what I'm doing with Muscle Boot Record. Like the main factor is that I can produce stuff very fast. And this is why I'm using the same sounds all the time. Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm doing is just I open the project. I, I have all the sounds. I just have to compose. I have to compose the guitar and the bass and the, the drums and the, that five, six instruments that are the signature mark on my sound. And then I just need to export it. I, I don't need to spend so much time in mixing and editing and all this kind of stuff. Right. And this is helping a lot. Because uh, it lets you just have a uh, wake up a morning, you have an inspiration to write something, right? Mm. And you just write it and you can release it on the spot. Yeah. But this is uh, very important. And some people say like, ah, but if you work just a couple of hours on a song, they have this doubt that it's not good enough, you know, because you didn't work so much on it. But it really much depends on the artist. Like, there are some people that need a lot of time to fine-tune everything. Other people can just do it very fast because they have an inspiration in that moment and you don't even know how to fine-tune it later. Like, you would just keep it like this mm-hmm. because it uh, represents what you are in that moment. It's a different kind of way of working. No, I get it, man. How about this? Since you mentioned uh, earlier Check Disc, uh, let's listen to a track from it. This is the album's <laughs> C colon backslash greater than Check Disc slash F. Yeah. And this was a track that I dug. This is autoexec.bat. And uh, I dug this one just because at around like the three minute mark, it almost becomes classical. Yeah. Which is a vibe that we hear a lot in, in your stuff. So let's uh, let's listen to that.
And that was autoexec.bat by Master Boot Record. And I'm here with Master Boot Record right now talking about uh, <laughs> making music and stuff. So like I said before we played the song, like this one almost turns like classical at points. And you do have a few songs that sound like classical music almost in their composition, which I like. Yeah, there's a lot of classical influence in what I do. Because uh, I was taking a classical lesson when I, when I was a kid, like, you know, piano and stuff like that. But apart from that, it was experienced like three, four years. But I've been listening to classical music for a long time because I'm a big fan of classical, especially Baroque music like Bach, of course, uh, or Vivaldi, but also from the Romantic period like uh, Beethoven or Chopin. And as I was telling you before, I think that the chip tune, like the limitation in using few instruments, is very similar to the situation of the classical composer. When the composers of classical music were composing, like for example, for a fixed ensemble for a quartet or for a small orchestra or a big orchestra they always had fixed sounds right Right. yeah 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 so they had to play around with those sounds which is pretty much what i'm doing too compared like with synthwave for example where you have a lot of different kind of sounds effects and so on so maybe you in an album you can have a, a lot of different kind of sounds right because it's electronic music what i'm trying to do with master boot is i decided my fixed ensemble so that's my sounds so you have like the guitar that is pretty much the cello. Then there is the lead guitar that is like the violin. Then you have a pad that is doing the bass like contrabass. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much like the same kind of setup. Like also that connects back to the amount of time it takes to make a track. Because from my personal experience, whenever I make silly music, I don't do it very often. But a lot of time is wasted when you have this selection of hundreds and hundreds of different sounds. You can spend hours hitting a single note. And I've been through that. And so when we talk about people who can produce music quickly, a huge part of that is if you already know going in, not only the instruments you use, but their placement in a song. Like, you know, this is what the bass does. This is what the lead does. This is where the lead goes. This is where, you know, this sound goes then you've eliminated like half the time because you already know going right in. If you've got a song in your brain and you say, I need to translate this song, you already sort of know when I'm humming a melody in my head, that's the lead. You simplify it so you can just get right to the idea of the song. Yes, exactly. Like, And when you get used to work with a fixed set of sound, when you think of the song, you're really pretty much know where all the parts should go uh, you just imagine the song really in its uh, complete form mm-hmm. and it's easier for me also because uh, i said i have a fixed project so it's just like about uh, making the drums making the guitars starting to play around with that i was also streaming while doing it anyway i was streaming on twitch i think some of the songs from internet requests and some of the songs also on direct memory access and uh, a bunch of cover songs. I was just sharing the desktop and I was composing them in real time, like four or five hours, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's very funny because also you meet people that are in the chat and so on. You discuss. It's a nice thing. Well, look, man, we can probably uh, wind this down. I want to play, I think, my favorite track of yours and then we will uh, we'll wrap up. But um, from Interrupt Request, mm-hmm. IRQ Zero System Clock oh, yes. is an amazing song. I love this song. And Probably one of the more synth wave 
song. Like, well, this one, like, what I like about it is it has sort of like a positive energy. When I listen to people's music, I have a very sort of visual imagination. So I always think of scenes, what the movie would be with this music playing. Yeah, it is a very, gives like that kind of vibe. It's very positive, energetic, like a very positive energy. Yeah, it's major. It's the song that I would play at, you know, you know, in movies, you know, like where you end the movie with a really energetic track before you cut to black. Exactly. Like in fact, at first it was called "End the Titles." A fucking perfect. The, no. the, the song for the end titles of an '80s movie, like "Back to the Future" or I don't know. And what I pictured, and don't ask me why I pictured this, was if I ever made a movie that was, and again, this is very specific. If I ever made Ghosts and Goblins the movie. <sighs> <laughs> or a movie that was ripping off Ghosts and Goblins. So, uh, you know, when you take all the ideas, but it's not called Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> and this is the song I would play at the end of the film when the knight has rescued the lady and they're running away from the castle. And then, but then all of a sudden, a bunch of like skeletons like come out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, and, epic ending. <laughs> yeah, and then he hands her a weapon and then they both like stand back to back and then they just start fucking slashing at the skeletons. And then this <laughs> this song fucking kicks in like where it builds and then goes the... Dun, dun, <laughs> and that's where it cuts the credits. Exactly, and man. You you totally get it. When I heard this song, that was the first thing that came to my head. And then I've listened to it a ton. And I'm just like, dude, I have to make a fucking Ghosts and Goblins ripoff movie where this is the song that plays at the end. And it's just the, the guy in his night outfit and the chick. She, like, she's still dressed in like the white dress, but she's holding a weapon. And then they're just surrounded by skeletons, like just fucking slashing at them. And then it's... Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's listen to it because this song's fucking awesome. Okay.
And that was IRQ Zero System Clock by Master Boot Record. And that song is amazing. Obviously, you made this music in 2016. I only heard it more recently, maybe like half a year ago or something. And that was the first song I heard. Like, I remember I just clicked on, oh, what's Master Boot Record? And then that song played. And I was just like, what the fuck? This is awesome. <laughs> Like, I was just fucking blown away by how awesome it is. Yeah, I think the Interrupt Track West album was a breakthrough for the project. That's when I started to notice really a very good feedback and a lot of people coming. And and I was releasing this album like a surprise. Like, I didn't say anything, you know? I was just announcing it like a week before or something like that. I was working on it like uh, during the summer. And then I just released it. I think it's, uh, it's the album that represents the project uh, better. At the moment. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely uh, some kick-ass stuff, man. I really dig the sound. It's all about the energy of these tracks. Because I'll, I'll listen to some down-tempo, you know, sort of synthwave music. You know, you're walking in the, in the rain with the fucking neon lights and all this stuff. And then <laughs> I listen to your stuff. And that's why I wouldn't even classify this as synthwave in any way. Like, it's just... It's, Synth metal. Yeah, metal. And just the energy of it is fucking... This is definitely the music for, for fighting a crowd of uh, skeletons. That's, <laughs> that's what I've established. Or a big boss battle. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, a boss uh, battle Genesis for sure. Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, man, for your words about my music, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking, it's good stuff, man. And uh, that's, uh, that's all I have to say about it. It's fucking good. Okay. I'm not very good at explaining music, so I just I just say when things are awesome and... Uh, then you play them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But look, man, is there anything uh, we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Or I don't know, man. I think we discussed a lot of stuff anyway. Yeah, man. Well, look, it was lovely to meet you, Vittorio. <laughs> and you keep on making cool music. And maybe when uh, you guys put out that game, yeah. uh, you can come back and, and uh, talk about it. Yeah, of course. Uh, why not? That would be great. And uh, I thank you for inviting me for this podcast. And uh, I look forward to having it released and... Thanks for everything, man. Yeah, cheers, dude. Keep on making cool music. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that was my conversation with Master Boot Record. Uh, that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And that is all I have to say for this week. So I hope you guys uh, have a lovely week. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. New catchphrase pending. And uh, yeah, next week is going to be a family show. So if you want to find out what Marco and Florence and Mike have been up to, you're going to find out because we're going to uh, do that next week. And until then, I hope you guys have a lovely time. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. 
Have a lovely week.